Rolando, Ahmad, Steven, Kenneth, Amadou, Jonathan, Christian, Terrace, Sean, killed him the day before his wedding, Jamal killed him while he was in handcuffs, Mike killed him while he had his hands up, Kamani, Ramali, Philip, Alton, about three Kevins, about two Jordans, John, Laquan, Bethon, Stephon, Tony, Tamir, Elijah, Antoine, Isel, Terrell, Dontre, Akai, George, for him, set the country on fire, Timothy, Patrick, Paul, Tyree, Quintonio, Darius, Jeremy, William, Anthony, Dante, Oscar, Kendrick, Keith, David, Walter, woman like Sandra, Betty, Rihanna, India, Michelle, Atatiana, Tanisha, Rika, Natasha, Palmer, Janet, Megan, baby Ayana, all that we lost, your name live on, wasn't killed by a cop, but I can't forget Trayvon, can't forget Emmett, and all of those we lost to the beast, no justice, no peace, no You are now tuned into Socially Conscious Corner, because silence is no longer an option. Hello and welcome to Socially Conscious Corner. And I am your humble host, Untamed. Today is the premiere episode of this special segment. And I am honored to be joined today by my lovely co-host, Miss Kate Rache. Miss Lakeisha and Miss Diane. How are you doing, ladies? Good to Yep. Well, ladies, before we kickstart this new segment, I just want to take this time out to thank you all for going on this journey with me. Um, I want to first, before we get into it, I want to just tell the listeners a little story about, you know, how this got started and what it's about. So with that said you know this is a new segment of the get caught up podcast and i thought it was important to peel back the layers and get to the root cause of social and racial injustices and in order to spark any type of change the conversations just have to happen and we can't skirt around the surface you know we have to get down to the ugliness and strip away the inner layers of the actual issues And interestingly enough, after everything that has happened in our nation, you know, especially since this pandemic has started um, with social and racial injustice, I was trying to figure out a way, what I can do, some way to contribute to the change. And ironically, I interviewed Kay Rochelle, and she and I were discussing a future book of hers, and we got into this conversation. And jokingly, I said that we would stop our social conscious conversation and she said you should make that a podcast segment and she didn't realize at the time that you know god was depositing my answer in her response so you know Mm -hmm. listeners ladies and gentlemen this is exactly exactly what i needed to be doing i i feel like this is going to help spark or lead to change. I don't know where it's going to lead to, but I am just excited to be a part of it. I'm excited that you guys have chosen to walk on this path with me and this journey with me. And, you know, just the goal of the show is just to just 
have the conversations. Let's dive deep into it. Let's, you know, give our earnest and honest opinions and, our, and, you know, speak with our experiences about what's going on here lately. So that is briefly what I wanted to say. And I will just start with you, K-Roche. I want to just ask you, why is doing, why participating in Socially Conscious Corner is important for you? Um, I think as I think as an author, um, we do have a platform. We do have um, readers who enjoy our work, and um, just when you have even the smallest platform, people do want to know. You know, how do you feel about what's going on? And I really think it's important that you give your perspective because people that are even following you on Instagram, on Twitter, whatever it is, you know, they're supporting you, your business, your brand, so to speak. And it's important that you know that you speak out on social issues. So it's just something that's always been near and dear to my heart. All right. And for you, Lakeisha, why is it important to you to be a part of Socially Conscious Corner? Yeah, for me, um, I feel like it's important for me to be a part of it because I'm a mother. And um, I feel like it's my responsibility as a mother um, you are your child's primary educator so with everything that's going on and how it's affecting everyone I know that as a mother and as someone who is being watched not only by you know my social media content but just on a day to day by my children Mm -hmm. and sometimes I have to retreat like to the bathroom just to even have a cry because I've seen something on social media and it's affecting me. And I have a child who's grown and gone living on his own in Atlanta, you know, he's Mm -hmm. attending protests and it really affects me, but I have three younger children who are still at home watching me react to this. So for me, I felt like I had to do something. Like I couldn't just sit around and just tweet how I feel about things or, you know, I just felt like I have a responsibility to have conversations with them because I know when they play online, they're having conversations with their friends. So I feel like it's my responsibility to also kind of interject and to check in with them, see how they feel, you know, what their friends may have said, what they may have seen, you know, or heard so that I can kind of still guide them um, and and be there for them. And sometimes, like even now, I'm shaking just thinking about it because it it just affects me. (laughs) It affects me so much, you know? Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I just felt like I I just have a responsibility uh, as a parent to just do more. All right. And Diane, why is it important to you? Um for many of the same reasons but I want to add that um, I feel I'm a little older than um, some of you well I think all of you ladies and I feel that there are so many unanswered questions within our community and if we are not um, educated as to um, our history um, and things that are going on around us. I feel like um, we can be misled, and I feel like we cannot ab- we can't um, aggressively address the issue. 
So me being here is um, to somewhat help educate our society or our, our, our community, if you will. Exactly. And I agree with all of you ladies because each one each each point that you all brought up is something that um resonates with me personally you know as an author because Carol and I are both authors you know people do look for us for you know guidance in our opinion they want to know what's going on you know they might not say it but they do look you know towards us for that you know they they find interest in our opinions especially I think more so as authors because (laughs) you know it's like we're we are the thinkers you know we write things out and our minds formulate these opinions and these these stories so they look for our voice uh, on certain issues and um you know so it's important for me as a black person period to represent our people is to have be a voice for our people it's also important for me as a black mother, you know, to to represent my children, to be there for my children. It's important for me as a a, a wife of a black man, you know, to represent as his backbone, as his, you know, his mate, his soulmate, his partner in his walk of life. And it's important to me as an you know, as an older adult, you know, middle-aged adult, to guide not only my children, but the younger generation as well. You know, their friends, then their, you know, their little cousins, their, the people, the kids that's in my church and my community to show them, you know, the way and provide them and let them know that they do have a voice and that they do matter and what's important to them and to help them weed through those emotions. Because whereas you know for a very this has been a very it's a very different time and we're going back into a lot of civil rights activism and it's a very strange time for them because a lot of these kids have not gone through this and they have seen a very different light and now they're getting to see the people that are coming out of the closet and what they think about them and how they feel things that we grew up knowing either firsthand or we saw the second hand of it you know from from generations past going down to their children you know so it is something that they are having to now navigate and kind of reset you know themselves so it's important for us to be a guiding light to them as well so you guys you know we are definitely all on the same page I think we all you know can contribute greatly to it which all of this leads us to today's topic but before we get into the topic you know I said that you guys are my co-hosts and I let you guys talk about why you were here, but but we want to introduce you to the readers. I want y'all to tell the readers a little, I mean, that's the, the readers. Well, I hope I have some readers here because we got some reading information. I've reverted to an interview, y'all. <laughs> so we're going to get into this conversation with the listeners. I want you guys to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Um who you are you know I said that Kay Rochelle was an author she said it too but Kay Rochelle I'll let you get into a little bit more about yourself to the listeners yes um 
Well, I do want to uh, thank you so much for inviting me um, as a co-host. Um, I really appreciate the opportunity. I am a self-published author, poet, and playwright. I'm also um, the president and founder of Me Time Book Club. Um, with that book club, we do go out into the community to help try to promote literacy. And also, I'm a mother of two sons, ages 11 and 7. I'm a wife. Um, and so I've, I've been negatively impacted just like everyone else. And, um, you know, I'm just really, really excited about this opportunity to, you know, try to bring awareness um, um, any way that I can. Okay. Thank you, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, you are. And I I want to add that, you know, I, the conversation that Kayla Shay and I were discussing, how we even started talking about social consciousness on her interview, was because she took a trip to Africa and just hearing, you know, her story about the things she was learning and, you know, about her culture and just going back to the motherland and having that opportunity to embark on that journey was simply amazing so one day we have to get into that too okay Rochelle yeah. we definitely will <laughs> all right and Miss Lakeisha you know tell the listeners a little bit about you yes um I am Lakeisha I'm I'm the owner of a boutique called Butterfly Spirit LLC and through that boutique um you know, with everything that's that's going on, I have these uh, red shoes that I call two clicks, and we can get into why they're called two clicks on another segment. But um, the red pumps are called two clicks, and initially, um, I wanted to take the proceeds from the sale of those shoes and donate them to. <clears throat> excuse me. So I excuse me. I created a campaign from based off the name of the shoes. So the campaign is called Two Clicks for Justice. Um, and the proceeds from the shoes was going to go to an organization that is um, fighting a good fight, you know, that's kind of pounding the pavement and, and doing what they can to bring forth awareness and change um, for slain women of African descent. And lately I have decided instead of just doing a campaign, I kind of wanted to start small, but my spirit has really been moving me to actually turn Two Clicks for Justice into an actual nonprofit organization um, and just kind of get out there and pound the pavement myself. So that's what I'm working on now is turning Two Clicks for Justice from a campaign to an actual nonprofit organization. The proceeds right now, because I have already started the um, sale of the shoes and the proceeds. I'm going to donate the proceeds from the sale of the shoes initially to um, a local nonprofit organization. Um, and they, they work with young ladies. And I'm sorry, my mind just kind of drew a blank, but it's called, um, if I'm not mistaken, Brown Skin Cold. But it's a, a local organization that's helping younger girls, um, middle school, high school, with different types of educational needs, um, STEM programs, uh, cyber security programs, just different type of educational stuff for young girls um, of African descent. So we're going to start off there. And then as I work to turn to Clicks for Justice into a nonprofit organization, then we'll kind of 
jump back on track for our actual mission, which is to bring forth awareness and and change um, for women who look like me, you know, who we don't really hear so much about. So that's um, kind of what I'm doing right now. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you. I um I love your two clicks um, for justice campaign and. I know that it will be prosperous as you go into a nonprofit organization. Um, you have a heart full of giving. You, you're a very giving person. You're a very, you know, you're very in tune to what the community needs from us right now. And a trailblazer in your forethought, in your mission. So definitely it was important for you to be a part of Social Conscious Corner um, because anything to help move and advance our people is something that we want to be a part of. So, yes, thank you so much. And Miss Diane, tell us about a little bit about you. Thank you. Uh, I, I guess a trades, if you jackie of all trades, if you will. I before I get into the literary industry, uh, I love. Hold on one second, Diane, because I think he's get, we're getting some feedback on you. It's kind of going in and out on you. Let's see. All right. What about now? Okay, we got you. <laughs> okay. So, I was saying a biological mother to four, mother to many. Um, I, 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 gosh. I've always been um, just um, enthralled with the with um, identifying who we are as a people, um, and through that, I, I just try to get. Uh-oh. I think we lost Diane, but she could come back in um, in just a second, but. Yes, we did lose her, but it's okay. I will say this for Diane. Um, she's always been enthralled with learning and providing a service of gathering information to share um, about African American history, African history in general. And she shares it all, all, every day, you know, via social media. She has always been a dynamic person, a dynamic source of, you know, factual information, which was important for me, for her to be a part of Social Conscious Corner because she is that person that you can go to, you know, about anything in history. She always updates us with uh, Black History Facts, you know, about everything, things that you know, a lot of things that you didn't know, you know, inventors and, you know, people who, um, even from years past into current, like for example, you know, she was just shared, I think the other day about um, the black person who invented the super soaker, but then the next day she was telling us that, you know, 
the young, the name of the young man who became Yale's um, black uh, uh, student body president. He's a black man. He's the first one, and so it was. You know, she's consistently sharing, providing information, um, just giving us history facts, and also highlighting. You know all of the beautiful things that us as a people are doing. So definitely, you know, it's important for her to be a part of the show. Now, you guys, what we're going to do before, you know, we get into the topic, because today's topic is the burden of the Black woman. Um, It's not the role of the Black woman, but I, I felt like, you know, we have a lot of burdens that we carry as black women in general and I want to get into that you know with you guys but before we get into that topic we are going to take a small break and when we come back we'll get into the topic about the burden of the black woman we'll be right back Hi, you guys. Get Caught Up is on the move. Welcome to the new GCU. Follow us on Twitter at GCU underscore podcast. That's GCU underscore podcast. And make sure you follow our new web address at anchor.fm forward slash get caught up. It's your girl, Untamed, and I wanted to know, have you read a book by Untamed? No? Well, what are you waiting for? Dive into Untamed territory and grab one of my hot reads today. Might I suggest The View or Never Again No More? You can get both titles on Amazon and pre-order their part twos as well, which are available now and will release in August. I can't wait for you to get caught up. My name is Diane Rembert, avid reader, award-winning literary blogger, and the founder of Diamonds Literary World, which can be found on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat, and www.diamondsliteraryworld.com. Are you ready to make a difference? Join Two Clicks for Justice campaign as we seek to bring forth awareness and change for women of African descent who continue to face injustices and inequalities in today's society. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Clicks for Justice. Silence is no longer an option. This is author, poet, playwright, and founder of Me Time Book Club, Kay Roche. Check out my latest novel, All Things Work Out Well, wherever books are sold. You can also follow me on Instagram at k.roche. Book reviews matter. Now back to the show. Okay, guys, and we are back. Welcome back to the Socially Conscious Corner. And before we went on break, we had just announced what the topic was. It was called The Burden of the Black Woman. Now, this is a loaded topic. It could go several different ways. But 
you know, I feel like we have shoulder. Diane is back. Hi, Diane. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Ow. Welcome back. And Look. I had no idea that I was. Oh, you did <laughs> Look, let me tell you. I finished introducing yourself. I told them about how you like to share black history facts and what, you uh, and highlight the greatness of, of black people and what we do and had you share it on social media. So I finished your intro for you. I see I'm glad that's why you Thank got you. to know your people. You got to know you <laughs> That's why you got to know your that's people. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but we were I just announced the topic and we we're saying that, you know, it's about the burden of the black woman. Now I did say the role, but I felt like as black people, especially as black women, and we're all for black women. We carry a lot of burden on us. And a lot of times, you know, people say, oh, well, you know, people carry burdens anyway. That's true. I'm not knocking anyone's walk in life because everyone has a hard time. But as black women, we carry a load um, that's above and beyond a lot of times. And I just want to get in. Yes, we do. And I want to get into that because we shoulder so much on the mm-hmm. sake of our loved ones, on the sake of our community, on the sake, you know, even in others' communities, you know, as women in general, as being a black person, as being a mother, you know, a wife, just everything. And so, Kay Rochelle, I guess I want to get into it with you, you know, just about your experience as a black woman. What do you feel as a black woman? are some of the burdens that you, you know, you have to shoulder in today's society. Oh, wow. Um, as, as, as someone who grew up in Mississippi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's enough right there. <laughs> That's a, look, you can put a period right there. <laughs> you know, it's, it's always been, um, a constant in my life as far as recognizing that my skin is the burden um, and also being a, a woman and um, growing up you know I've, I've dealt with you know racism on so many different types of levels and, and constantly you know tr- have tried over the years to try to be cognizant of my place in society it's been really really a hard journey um one one example I will say is um of course I'm pretty sure you all are familiar with what's going on with the um well what happened with the confederate flag in Mississippi um I remember when I was in college I read an article in our uh, college paper where this guy was just um professing his you know vast heritage and uh for the confederacy and how it you know was his great 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 grandfather's legacy and all kind of things like that and i remember getting so upset and it was also during this time that i was taking a public speaking class and i had a um actually had a final to prepare for and i actually wrote um wrote back into the article and the headline was like reader angered over a recent you know recent article and just the heading in itself I was I was even shocked that you know the school paper would even um even print it let alone you know 
but you know my response to it was like you know how can you be so blind to the fact that that has that flag negatively impacts you know my heritage you know you're proud of something that was horrible for my um my great 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 grandfather so to speak and so you know just dealing with stuff like that and then having to turn around and do my do my final in public speaking about how we should get rid of this confederate flag and then turn around and have like 63 percent of mississippians vote to keep it was like the biggest slap in the face you know it's just like nobody cares about us that's really how i felt at that time so you know just just that alone and then um after i graduated i started working in corporate america and with corporate america of course you have that stigma of being the angry black woman you know people are always kind of like knowing thinking that you're you'll snap off at any point any moment you have to always assert yourself and always be cognizant of your surroundings and what you say what absolutely you do, how you dress you know yes and you know those are just just some examples <laughs> and and you know I want to just I want to just touch on to that what you said about corporate America because I saw something the other day that resonated I mean and I felt this on a deep level where it said black women in corporate America can never you know let their hair down you always have to put up pretenses <laughs> like you always you can never not be just not have a good day you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. when you're around your co-workers because you like you said you have that stigma of the angry black woman oh she's gonna snap oh she's gonna blow you know sometimes i just don't want to be i'm human i'm having a bad day i'm going to put on you know as we have to put on airs you know at times but when I'm sitting in the coffee in the break room pouring my coffee if I don't want to say hello to you today Susan it's not got anything to do with you right. I might just have something on my mind you know right. <laughs> exactly so I just you know that is one thing that's always you know every time you always have to I always say you have to be extra like you always have to be all smiles, all giggles, all you know, all the time in in a corporate mm-hmm. setting. It's like, oh, you know, how are you doing today? You always have to be the one to make sure you speak and make sure you engage in conversation and make sure you know, mm-hmm. make sure it's always like you know, every T has to be crossed, every I has to be dotted mm-hmm. all the time, every day. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just want to just be like. Okay, what well, and it's like as soon as something that's debatable, like in a meeting comes up, they always look towards the black woman like, Oh, what's she gonna say today? It's still times you be like, Okay, right, you know. Exactly. <laughs> I've had that experience in a meeting before where I voice my opinion like everybody else at the table. And um out of everyone, guess who was asked to come at the end of the day to speak with the manager because they wanna <laughs> check in and see how I'm dealing with things. You know, and it's like, well, I'm dealing just like everybody else is dealing. And it also, it almost made me feel like at the morning meetings, I shouldn't talk. It was kind of like, that's what the message was. You need to just be glad that you are here. Mm-hmm. You don't need your opinion. Just sit there mm-hmm. and be happy that you, you're here, that we allow you to be here. 
Exactly. I, and, and I I feel you and I feel that in a deep level. It, Keisha, it, what is your experience? Have you experienced that or you have? So I, I, <laughs> I, look, I know you have. We both have worked in the same corporate setting at one point. So I already know you have. So, but I mean, just add on to that <laughs> and, and, and whatever mm-hmm. else you feel from your experience. And, you know, and it's it's funny because as she was speaking, I was just jotting down so that I wouldn't forget what I wanted to say. And actually what I was going to speak on was my time in corporate America. Um, one incident in, in particular, I mean, I had worked in this one uh, with this one company for almost a decade and six years in, six years in with this company. I looked the same every day. I wore a head wrap. Some people call it a head wrap. Some people call it a turban. I wore African print. You know, I just, I was me. I've always danced to the beat of my own drummer. Okay, my own drum. Um, I've always been different. I've always kind of stood out. But (laughs) it didn't seem to be a problem until year six. And I get moved closer to the director of our location and he has a lot of different uh, corporate clients that come in and and all of a sudden I get pulled into (laughs) I get pulled into an office and my manager says that someone brought it to her attention that you know I didn't just wear a turban like they were turquoise they were purple they were orange they were pink Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and she said that um someone brought it to her attention that I was wearing a cap on my head. This is, it's not a cap, you know? So long story short, um, we had to document it as a religious headdress. That's fine because it was a part of my religious headdress, but not only that, it was a part of mine. And my whole thing was, do you not recognize my difference? You know, just because I'm different does not mean that I can't get the job done. I've been here for six years. Evidently I'm doing something right. Mm-hmm. You know, but not only that, it's, you know, I I don't have to wear my hair straight to be a good employee I, or to be a good person. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm, I'm not the same. We are not the same. Absolutely not the same. And it's OK. It's, it's not like I have to. It was, you know, almost like I had to look a certain way in order to be accepted. And it's just. No, like this is me. I'm going to wear my turban. You document it how you feel. And that's just what it is, you know. But it's, you know, you want to wear your African print. You know, you want to just just be you. And it doesn't have to be labeled a certain thing. This is just me, you know. And as you were saying, you know, you can't say certain things because, oh, now she's hostile. Mm -hmm. Or... You know, or you can't bring something to someone's attention about whatever. Oh, well, you don't think you're overreacting. You're right. You know, I was like, mm, you know, no, exactly. I'm not. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, it's so much for diversity and inclusion. Let's let that, that go right. out the door when the turban goes on the head. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, and this is a company that, that they're big on, oh, we celebrate diversity. You know, you have someone of... European descent who wears a really thin button down shirt with no t-shirt underneath it and you see his pink skin and his tattoos underneath it and you're okay with that but my my turban is a problem right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. 
I don't understand. Right, right. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, it's always been, you know, a sidebar conversation or a side street conversation. You know, it's like, oh, like, oh, this is a two way street and we're in diversity and inclusion. But, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it's, but mm-hmm. you're taking it too far now. It's, a, it's a limit to how <laughs> diverse diversity is when it comes right. to you and, you know, having. You want to come in with your African print. That's even like, you know, they made the 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 meme or the post about if you look up professional hairstyles and you see mm-hmm. all of the European women with long straight hair or messy buns <laughs> even, but you look up unprofessional mm-hmm. and you see dreadlocks and you see yep. Afro puffs and you mm-hmm. see kinky curls on, you know, African. Mm-hmm. It's like every one of the unprofessional styles was African-American people and all of the professional mm-hmm. styles was white Americans. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait a minute now. You know, wait, wait, mm-hmm. wait, wait, wait a minute. But before I call today, I want to get to Diane and add in your experience as well. You know, if you have anything to add on this co- corporate culture or just you know if you want to veer let me know because you know we just we want to peel back these layers right i i think that you you ladies did um you, you covered uh corporate america like we we can oh god we can give stories for days i i just want to um talk about being a and i don't know um how many um can relate but being an African-American mother um, with children that go to a predominantly mm-hmm. white school system. Mm. Yes. <laughs> that in and of itself, mm-hmm. especially black males, mm-hmm. because they want to label our sons as um, aggressive they want to label them as problem children. They want to, you know, I didn't have these issues with my daughter. I have three sons and one daughter. Um, they didn't, I didn't, she's the baby. So we didn't have those problems. But with the boys, you know, um, there was always something. There was always, you know, they, they want to say that your sons are gang related, you know, mm-hmm. because they're black. You know, um, they they want to they they even went as far. My children were born and went to school in South Carolina. They didn't want them to wear certain colors to school because they would think that they were gang affiliated. Um, they want to they want to uh, they want to schedule our children for tests because they think they may have a little behavioral problem. Mm-hmm. You know, so they want to label them ADD or ADHD, and how many parents just go with it and do not follow up? No, you're not doing that to my child. You know, and I've I've had to. One thing that I told my children um, is that right, wrong, or indifferent, I'm going to be there. If you're right, I'm going to fight until kingdom come. Mm-hmm. If you're wrong, you know. We're gonna ha- we're gonna have a united front at the school, but then we'll address the problem when you get home, you know. And if it's indifferent, we're gonna figure it out together, okay? Absolutely. Now, here's another thing. 
I think it's very important that we realize that I hate to hear a mother say, it's not my job to teach my children. That's what I send them to school for. That is absolutely and positively your job. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to deprogram your children from the things that they have been taught in school. That part. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Because they taught them what they want them to know. Again, programming them. You know, mm-hmm. my father, I'm, I'm just going to take it here. My father grew up in a predominantly white town, I believe. And it, it's in it's in our history um, that we, we've gone to school and we've been the, the minority. Like, I believe I was probably one of maybe 15 um, black students in my graduating class. And do you know when I left, they, they said that they would not admit, is, and this is, I'm talking about 1988, that they would not allow as many black students to be um, in one class again. Okay. Oh, wow. Now oh, wow. my father, yeah, which I thought was history repeating itself because my father, the intelligent black man that he was, was discouraged from going to college. And he was um, encouraged to join the military, which he did. My father went on to um, become a successful um, um, draftsman or um, and, and he actually worked on help designing Air Force One. Okay? Oh, wow. So this black man, they discouraged from going to college because black college was not for a black man. Oh. And that's a true story. Okay? You know, so we have to realize that our children's education does not is it it doesn't start in the schools it starts at home and we have to work double hard to get a half of the recognition or half of what the other students get you know because they get access to all of the scholarships the scholarship information absolutely they get access to all of the all of the programs you know um that and our children are just left in the dust. Absolutely. And I'm a Vera Kina because I wanted to see wanted to see if she wanted to jump in on that because you have school age boys right now as well. So if you have anything to add to what Diane was saying about the school system. Um, one thing that I, I have noticed, you know, um, over the years is that they don't and when I say they, I'm, I'm saying the teachers, the principals, they don't look to look for you to be the active parent in your child's um, school life, uh, so to speak. Yes, um, they, yes. You get, you get a feeling of, um, I don't know, it's kind of like they're taken aback when you want to know what your child made on, on his test you know how your child is doing because i'm not waiting on progress reports i want to know what's been going on this week type of thing or when you you know you show up to the school for like a parent teacher conference and it's you and your husband and it's you know or you come to drop off school supplies it's you and your husband type of thing you just get a it's just a little strange look absolutely right you know right and when and i've also noticed that um i've had to 
um, with some certain teachers, I've had to literally like constantly be on them um, about, you know, schoolwork, behavior, like I'm constantly checking in, you know, where, where you know, a syllabus may have come home and I don't um, understand, you know, where, where that teacher is going with a certain topic and you reach out, it's kind of like they feel like, you know, why is this parent doing the most, so to speak. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's kind of like Making they don't- Making them earn their paycheck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. It's like they don't they don't look for you to be an active role mm-hmm. with your child in school. And, you know, there's been a lot of times where, you know, on even field trips, my husband is gone. And it's kind of like, you know, he's the only one, but, the, but he gets the looks. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, you know, why is it that why is it that we're meant to feel like or like we can't be proactive with our kids in school? You know, why is that? Why is it that we have to deal with um, certain stereotypes of, you know, the how the home is, so to speak? Or, you know, exactly. like, am I, are, is this parent, why is this parent doing all of this for their child? Exactly. Because my child is just as important as the next one. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I, you know, to add to what you were saying, you know, when you were saying about you and your husband, when you show up, you know, I'm married. Um, my husband and I are both extremely active in our children's life. You know, my husband has not shied away from the fact that he goes to take, you know, he goes to the parent-teacher conferences with me. He goes, you know, and sometimes in lieu of me when, you know, roles reverse because he's, he's always had a job where he can maneuver better than I could. And so mm-hmm. he could get off and go up to the school if there was an issue, or he could get off and go up there and talk to the teacher. Whenever there were school programs or they were involved in things going on at school, we showed up together. And right. it's always that look of surprise or, you know, or yeah. more of, you know, oh, you know, oh. You come from so, a two-parent household. Yeah, you come from mm-hmm. a two-parent household. Oh, you know, especially... Mm-hmm when they do the, uh, what is it called? The orientation at the beginning of school. And, uh, right. and just, you know, we go and we're like, oh, we're the Tylers. Um, you know, this is my husband. This is, you know, and this is, and they're like, you know, that look like, oh, oh wait, oh, y'all are married? Or y'all are, you know, the first, the first right. of all, two parents showing up and then that you're married, you know? Right. So it's like, oh, they, these, these black children can't come from a two-parent household that has a married couple inside of it that's mm-hmm. actually raising their children. You know, even when mm-hmm. they go to the doctor office and stuff like that, and my husband has taken my kids to the doctor's office for checkups, and you know, and people would actually have the gall to come out and say, oh, it's so good to see that the father would, you know, I'm like, first of all, oh, yeah, you get he's, that. he's a parent, <laughs> he's a parent. He's not doing, mm-hmm. you know, thank God for him, but he's not doing anything outside of what he's supposed to be doing. So, That's you know, right. let's not That's right. get on this train like this is something extra. No, this is how we're raising our kids because this is what you're supposed to do. But right. mm-hmm. I am going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Lakeisha, I'm going to let you jump in on that about the school system. But when we come back, we'll go right back into the conversation. We'll be back in just a moment. Looking for a place you can get something for everyone? Butterfly Spirit LLC is a boutique that has you covered. 
from apparel, accessories, health and wellness products, and even custom design press-on nails. Visit us at ButterflySpiritLLC.com, where comfort meets a piece of style. We all know reading is fundamental. When you visit KB's Bookshelf, you can find books in multiple genres to entertain and educate. Writers can even find literary services of value to their success, like our ever-popular Manuscript Critique and Book Review. Reading allows us to escape, explore, and share our experiences. I hope you'll visit us today at www.kbsbookshelf.com and allow us to take you on your next adventure. girl the right pair of shades and she can conquer the world so embrace your shade shop shade dolls it at www.shadedolls.com and follow them on instagram at shade dolls hey untamables it's kiana danae poet and author just wanted to stop by and ask have any of you read any of my poetry lately if not you can pick up my books on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere else you get your books, and of course my website at kianadanae.wordpress.com. Now back to the show. And we are back. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Socially Conscious Corner. We are discussing the burden of the Black woman. And before we went to break, we were just talking about our burdens of the school system with our children and have coming from a two-parent household and i'm going to kick it off to you lakeisha about your experience with your your sons and their school sure um you know with me i've always known that i am my, my children's primary educator and i make it known with them you know, I, I used to tell them the only reason that you go to school and you have a teacher is because mommy has to work, but they are there to back me up, not the other way around. I am your teacher. So um, I just try to make sure that I work very closely because, you know, when our children go to school before the whole um, social distancing and, and the pandemic, and they were learning at home. But when they go into that school, we don't know what those teachers are saying Absolutely. To them. And they are, right. at, they are at an age where they are so impressionable. And all it takes is a little, little seed of negativity, of you are not enough, or you are not worthy. My, my, well, I, my youngest is five now, but when he was in pre-K, he was four last year. I picked him up from pre-K and we do, we live out in the sticks and it's not too many people who look like myself. You mm -hmm. understand what I'm saying? So in his class, he has two um, teachers. And when I picked him up, he said, you know, he was crying and he said, mommy, um, I don't think I should be in that class. And I said, why? And he said, well, I don't think that I'm doing good in class. And I'm like, okay, well, what's going on? You know, and he says, well, it's only, it's only four other people that look like me in my class. 
and I don't think that's good. And I'm like, well, what was, and I'm thinking to myself, what was mm-hmm. said to my child to make him feel like he was less than, like he was inferior. So, um, you know, we talked about it and I tried to, to, to really instill in them, not that you are better, but you are who you are, you're different, mm-hmm. you know, and not to not to have this blind eye of, oh, I don't see a difference. Mm-hmm. You know, you are who you are, who you are, and you are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Do you understand me? And, and yeah. you know, some people pay, some people pay money to look how mm-hmm. you look, and you got it for free, mm-hmm. right? You got it for free. Um, but not only that, the week after that, they were taking pictures and he wasn't feeling too well. So he has asthma. So a lot of times I'll keep him home with me, but he wanted to take his, his pre-K graduation pictures. So I, I got him dressed and I took him to school, but I stayed with him because I wasn't going to leave him there. He was going to be absent that day. So I'm sitting there and I'm watching the two female teachers and they have these bowls that they made for the, the, the girls in the classroom. And they were putting the bowls on all of the little girl's hair. It's three little girls, um, African-American little girls. And two, one of them has locks and the other one, the second one has um, natural hair. So her hair was not like pressed or anything like that. Those two little girls, I sat and watched the teacher hold the ribbon up to her hair and just kind of move from side to side, but she didn't want to touch that hair. Mm-hmm. And she said to the other teacher, I'm just, I'm not going to be able to get this in. This is not going to go in their hair. Mm-hmm. And I'm just looking at wow. her like, all you got to, all you got to do is put it like it would have fit perfectly. All you had to do was to touch their hair to put it in, you know, but the the third little girl who had pressed hair, she got it. She got a bow. Mm-hmm. Um, and it broke my heart. Like it broke mm-hmm. my hard because all it takes there was a seed because i got the pictures you know and i'm looking at the pictures i can go pull the pictures up now and two of the little girls don't have the the bowls on their hair not because it it couldn't fit it's because she didn't want to touch it Mm. but you know but there is that there's that seed so now those two little girls will look at those pictures like why couldn't i have a bowl you know what's wrong with exactly you know and so I feel that as a, as a parent, I thought this was, it was going to be more of this topic. Um, but I, I understand that it is, it is my duty, um, to kind of redirect them. One of you ladies had mentioned that earlier. We kind of have to deprogram mm-hmm. them when they come home mm-hmm. and you really do have to, to stay on top of it because Absolutely. the mothers, the mothers and the wives of these men who are killing our mm-hmm. men, mm-hmm are not they are not sitting around saying oh no don't do that you know love them they are they're the educators the woman is the educator so i don't feel that they're saying you know no don't do that they are the ones who are saying yes and then they're the ones who are in the classrooms with our teachers i mean with our, excuse me with our children you know making them feel less than and so, and i you know and to me i just want to add on to what you said about the classroom you know with my daughter when she was in the fifth grade and i never forget it um we have to advocate for our children you know she is a type she's super smart but she's one of those kids you have to be hand on, hands on with her you know you have to break it down once you break it down she got it she good she's gonna study she's gonna do her part because that's in her it's been instilled in her but naturally that's how she is she's a person who's going to tackle anything head on that's her um her teacher 
you know, at this point in time in Georgia, they were doing this um, teach and retest. Well, anyway, they had shuffled teachers around because, you know, at this point, it was kind of like an uproar because certain teachers were always getting the super smart kids. And then the other ones were having to like they had a whole classroom of kids that they had to really be hands on with. So they were shuffling mm-hmm. the te- teachers around, shuffling the students around so that they could have a good mixture. And her particular teacher was used to working with um, only gifted children. So she had not, she did not know how to teach. Because let's be honest, if you're teaching gifted kids, a lot of times you ain't got to teach them. You can just tell them what you're right. talking about and they got mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So she didn't know how to teach anymore. And that was her problem. And so when it came to teaching and retesting, now, mind you, this was the very first nine weeks of the school year, which is basically half of it is a recap of the last nine weeks of the school year before so that they can mm-hmm. move into new curriculum. And my daughter, I saw her self-esteem and her, 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 just her, her love of school go down in like four weeks like you would never believe. And I was like, what is going on? You don't want to go to school. You're in the fifth grade. What is going on? You know? Um, and so she's just like, I don't get it. I don't like, I don't know what's going on. So what ends up happening is, you know, I emailed a teacher. She was like, oh, we got to do teacher retest. And, you know, we'll get to that part. So coming up to week six, um, she gets um, in some some kind of trouble, but anyway, she gets in school suspension. I didn't even know she had in school suspension because first of all, nobody even called me and told me that she had in school mm-hmm. suspension. Mm-hmm. She came home from school and was like, oh, "I had in school suspension. What did you have in school suspension for?" So I'm on the phone immediately with the front office and we're like, "Okay, the teacher and the um, front desk dropped the ball because they were supposed to call you." Well, what happened? She kicked over this. This girl is quiet, mute. She hardly don't say nothing to nobody. I know something going on in this classroom. I said, okay, I tell you what, I, I need to schedule a meeting with the teacher for tomorrow. So we go there and it's me and my husband again, the shock looks, and they they actually have one of the counselors <laughs> there. And I put, you know, she's telling me about her grades. Why, you know, he, this it, her her form of explaining everything to me was to sit all of her graded paper out and say she made a, this grade on this, this grade on that. I stopped her. What is she having problems with? She mm-hmm. looks at me blankly. This child who you have to teach and retest if she messes up on a grade, which you haven't showed me not one retest. Let's let's talk about that. But. Right. You you just sat here and showed me these grades, but you can't point out to me what her issue is. I went through her math. I looked at one math test, one reading test, and I told her up front, right in her face, I can look at the paper and tell you what she's having an issue with. Why has she sat in your classroom for six weeks and you can't tell me? That's the mm. problem mm-hmm. for me. Second thing is this. She's not kicking over a desk for a reason. What is going on? So I kept pressing her until finally she said, well, she don't ask any questions. She just look at me like she crazy. <gasps> the no, moment man. she said that, let me tell you, she better be glad that my husband was there because I lifted <laughs> out of that chair with the intent that I was going to go to jail that day. I knew it. And he held me down in the seat and he said, don't give her 
the power. And mm-hmm. the counselor looked at me, it was a black man. He said, let's take a time out. Cause he knew, you know, you knew, you know, mm-hmm. we all got that cold. He knew. Cause I came up my <laughs> and um I came back and I told her, I said, let me tell you one thing. She's not crazy, but you're not a teacher, but she got a mama who is. I said, this mm-hmm. this will not be the last you see of me. The next day I got up in the morning and called in as soon as my place of employment opened. I will not be at work until late on today and I don't know what time. I'll be there when I get there. Goodbye. Now you're going to get this black girl attitude with the job. Just don't ask me 10,000 questions. I'm trying to save all my steam for the school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, made, I made my husband call in for half a day as well. We went up there together. I was at the... As soon as the kids went to school, let's go ahead and go in the classroom. Where you going? No, we parking the car because we're going in the school too. I sit in and they said, what? What's going on? I said, I need to speak to the principal. They said, she's downtown. She won't be back until another half hour. I got the time. I will wait. I wait, waited right there. <laughs> <laughs> and so she got in there and they called her. They kept calling her. Say, oh, you got these two parents on what's going on. The counselor walked in and he looked. And the only thing he could do was smile and wave. And he, he told us, he said, I knew y'all was going to be the first thing in the morning. <laughs> I said, you absolutely knew that. But I got my daughter changed out of her classroom of her- that day. Good. Um, Good. That day. I, I went in there. The teacher had to issue her an apology, me an apology. And she got reprimanded. But I said, you know, I told that story because you have to advocate. You have to go to these schools and you have to find out what these teachers are telling your kids and how they're treating mm-hmm. your children mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. because she's used to teaching all of these little gifted you know white white children and so mm-hmm. now she's got a mixed pot in here and she's got these black kids she doesn't know how to teach she doesn't know how to handle them if you don't know how to be a teacher you don't know because that's to me being a teacher is above being above and beyond just teaching curriculum you mm-hmm. make an impact on these children's lives and it's a gift and if you don't know how to do that or you lost your way with that then you need to find your way into a new profession i was gonna say because, you need to step down as a teacher right you know yes. because mm-hmm. it's at that point where you need to reevaluate why you're doing what you're doing but as you yes. ladies have all said, you have to be your children's advocate and they have mm-hmm. to know you are in their lives. You are mm-hmm. not going to back down from them. You are going to be very aware of how, what they are telling them and not just out of the book, but into depositing into their minds mm-hmm. on their self-esteem and on their livelihood mm-hmm. and in their life. Mm-hmm. And when that is happening, you have to be they're advocating. You have to let them know. I'm not going to allow anybody to treat you less than. That's right. I'm not going right. to allow anybody to take advantage of you or make you feel subpar in any way, shape, or form. And mm-hmm. so that that was an excellent segue. And you guys, we have we were just scratching the surface of this, <laughs> and we have we're come, we're creeping up on our hour so what I want to pause right now and do is allow Miss Diane the opportunity because because I'm an author <laughs> and because as I said I mentioned earlier we might have readers um I always I feel it's important to put a book to a topic so I'll let Diane who is 
award-winning literary blogger and book reviewer tell us about a suggested read for all of us Uh oh, I think we lost that hand again. But I will tell you guys about the suggested read. It is called, and bear with me a quick moment because I have to go and find the title of it. It is actually called, um, Stand your ground. There you go. Stand your ground. That's it. Stand your ground. It is called Stand Your Ground by Victoria Christopher Murray. And I am going to read to you guys what the actual synopsis of that book was about. It is now Victoria Christopher Murray is the number one Essence best selling and award winning author. Um, It's a novel about two women who are faced with the same tragedy. A black teenage boy is dead. A white man shot him. Was he standing his ground or was it murder? Janice Johnson is living every black mother's nightmare. Her 17-year-old son was murdered and the shooter has not been arrested. Can the DA and the police be trusted to investigate and do the right thing? Should Janice take advantage of the public outcry and join her husband alongside the angry protesters who are out for revenge? Meredith Spencer is married to the man accused of the killing, and she sees her husband in the situation with far more clarity than anyone realizes. What she knows could blow the case wide open, but what will that mean for her life and that of her son? Will she have the courage to come forward in time so that justice can be done? The number one national best-selling and award-winning author, Victoria Christopher Murray, Stand Your Ground, is a pulse-pounding meditation on race, motherhood, marriage, and vigilante justice that will have readers spellbound until its shocking end. So, you guys, please make sure that if you pick up this book, it sounds like a phenomenal read. I will make sure that I pick it up as well. Um, But we wanted you guys to have something to fall back on, to read and just, you know, ingest it, digest what is going on in today's society. You ladies, we have only scratched the surface of the burden of the black woman. So, you know, we we definitely, this is a topic that is very vast for us and that we can continue to go on and on into. So we will actually have to pick up this topic for our next session because we were just literally scratching the surface of everything. But I want to take some time out to give you guys an opportunity for the listeners who want to follow you, let them know where they can find you on social media. And we'll start with you, um, Kay Roche. Kay Roche. Hello. Hello, you guys. Yes. Okay. So, Keisha, I'll let you go. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't think Kara Shea can hear me either now. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I am Lakeisha. You can um, 
follow me on Instagram at two clicks for justice. Um, that is the campaign that will eventually be turned into a nonprofit organization. So that's two clicks for justice. You can purchase the two clicks red pumps um, that of course we'll be don- donating the proceeds to a nonprofit organization. Um, the shoes can be purchased at butterflyspiritllc.com. Okay. And you guys, since we have lost Diane and I think we lost K Roche too, I will go ahead and shout out their social media. K Roche can be followed at on Insta on um, Instagram at K Roche. And also Diane can be followed at Diamonds Literary World on Instagram. And for me, Author Untamed, I can be found on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram under Author Untamed. Well, I have thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. We will definitely have to pick this back up. And I want to thank all three of my co-hosts uh, for joining me. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so sorry the other two got cut off at the very end, but definitely you know this is a conversation that we can continue um for our next session and definitely will but thank you so much Keisha for your your added input I appreciate you being here thank you for having me yes and until next time you guys remain untamed and thank you for tuning in to the socially conscious corner because silence is no longer an option Good night. The Get Caught Up Podcast is sponsored by Untamed Publishing, Anchor FM, Women of Vision, KD, MB, Tyler Landscaping, and Author Exodus Morning. Thank you to all of our sponsors and supporters. It was Freddie, Sam, Corey, Eric, Rolando, Ahmad, Stephen, Kenneth, Amadou, Jonathan, Christian, Terrace, Sean, killed him the day before his wedding. Jamal killed him while he was in handcuffs. Mike killed him while he had his hands up. Kamani, Ramali, Villa, Alton, about three Kevins, about two Jordans. John, Laquan, Bethon, Lafon, Tony, Tamir, Elijah, Antoine, Ezell, Terrell, Dontre, Akai, George, for him, set the country on fire. Timothy, Patrick, Paul, Tyree, Quintonio, Darius, Jeremy, William, Anthony, Dante, Oscar, Kendrick, Keith, David, Walter, woman like Sandra, Betty, Rihanna, India, Michelle, Atatiana, Tanisha, Rika, Natasha, Palmer, Janet, Megan, Baby Ayana, all that we lost, your name live on, wasn't killed by a cop, but I can't forget Trayvon, can't forget Emmett, and all of those we lost to the beast, no justice, no peace, no peace, no peace, no peace.